Welcome to Carrots and Suffering. I am Nate, your Dungeon Master, who has been reading too many professional help books recently. Please save me. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Our heroes are headed out of North Bank to Sternheim. Sternheim, of course, originally created by author John Terra in the 90s. With that, let's see what happened. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes spent most of the episode in a fight for their lives against a vestigial and largely forgotten and dying god. Our heroes were not wiped out, mostly because they managed to fight the creature just outside of its lair, but it was a wildly close battle. Nearly a total party kill. Blast, blast. Oh my god, I'm rolling like dog shit. <laughs> uh, another 11. Misses by one. Uh, does anybody need a fresh brew dumped in their mouth? Sure, I'll take it. I mean, I'm, I'm at single digit hit points. So. Alright, I will dump my last healing potion into Cirrus' mouth. He falls backwards and hacks out just a, a lump of black ooze rolls out of his mouth, and he says all that fool had to do was wait for this empire to die. The Archsage, having overseen the vanquishment of his nemesis, the Pox, a former death god of disease, announces his death to the authorities and moves on, hunting Vecna, the demigod that our heroes banished from Palmville several episodes ago. I was only here to keep that thing from eating the place, and that thing is dead, which means the world has no need for an Archsage Mason anymore. Hmm. Where will you go? Well, we have a Vecna on the loose, so I'm going to go try to find that. What do you mean on the loose? Because uh, we, um... We banished him from Palmville. We banished a Vecna. You mentioned that there was a book that disappeared, and I suspect that that was what remains of Vecna's Horcrux. So Vecna will be back. And that's it. Short recaps when we spend episodes just fighting. On to the show! Alright, welcome to the greatest game on Earth, Dungeons and Dragons, and as played by us, which makes it even better. My name is Nate, and I will be your Dungeon Master. I am Mandy, I play Boulain, the Grave Domain Death Cleric. I am Claire, I play Creedon, the Warlock. Of love. I'm Robert. I play Zerus, the level four human barbarian. <laughs> With no other defining. Well, now goals. you're locked. You can't be anything but level four now. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I recall, you just hit level four when you came into town, and you smacked down a divine vestige, whatever that means, and now you are off. To be fair, that Divine Vestige also smacked us down a good bit. Oh yeah, that was a rough vestige. That was a close well, proper call. touch and go. <laughs> well, you're all very capable. And still alive, sort of. I'm glad it seems that way. Creedon feels dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, next on the list, you're going to all head north along the road that takes you along the thorns to Sternheim. Then turn north and head to Tuscan. To see... Tanglebeard. Tanglebeard, yes. Where you will then turn in your Rod of Astra and receive payment for the two quests you have completed. That's the plan. Yes? Yes. Wait. Wait, three quests. 
and try to get payment for the third quest we did. Oh, right, because it was theirs, but they didn't actually solve the problem. Or, well, no, nobody knew. Oh, my God, we can't get paid for this because nobody knew about the plague god. No, no, we're, we're getting paid for figuring out what happened to the apprentice. Yeah, we got right? that when we got the Rod of Astra. I thought there was a third one that we did. It was the locks. We, we solved the High problem with High Locks. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is currently not clear, I will say. I think we're going to have to make the case that we did the apprentice one because the others fucked it up. Like, they thought they did it, but they fucked it up. Yeah, now that I think about it, that's that's probably a fight that's more than it's worth. Yeah, unless we can retcon that we got Archsage Mason to sign off that we were the real heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we want more of a payday, we have gotten plenty of interesting dirt we that we could give to Samu. Samu. Yeah. The journalist, former college professor. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's certainly a person we know. And he would absolutely publish whatever you tell him to the whole empire, but mm -hmm. pay you. Yep. I'm sure he would. 50 gold coins a story, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should definitely go talk to that guy. And tell him what, exactly? Oh, just certain things. <laughs> we could tell him all about the scandal at Highlock. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's going to be sensational news. And I think we should tell about the real story of what was happening in Palmville, like for the past 80 years. What happened in Highlock doesn't make the churches look bad. It makes Chester look it bad. It makes Chester look bad. Sure. And possibly our boss, Tanglebeard, because they're family. We don't know. How he's yeah, he probably feel. won't love that. He's not going to feel great about that. But, you know, whatever. It's not our fault. <laughs> yeah, telling him about. The Highlock situation seems fine, but we should get there first. We should definitely get there first. You head <laughs> north. Whatever this malaise that was causing very little activity around the Thorns has faded. So I need a survival check from whosoever's going to be in the lead. I get a plus three on survival. I will help you. Okay, excellent. Dice went everywhere. Oh, that's a 12. With the power of a 12. <laughs> <laughs> the weather turns nasty. You end up trudging for half a day in pouring rain. It is a miserable experience. But the rain seems to keep the large predators at bay until you reach just a few hours from Sternheim. When a very, very large wolf is spotted, it has almost reddish hue to its fur, and it comes trotting just up the middle of the path towards you. Is it growling at us? No. Has it noticed us? It appears to be coming to you, so probably. So it appears to be sauntering directly towards us. Correct. But it hasn't noticed us, is what you're saying? It doesn't look like it's... It's not giving you any signals that it is hostile or happy or anything. It's just walking down the path towards you. Elaine says, we should give it the opportunity to just pass us. I agree. Let's just move off to the side, the side away from the, the brambles. Elaine would like to send, well, send Sable up into the air and ask her to look Sadie. out. I said Sable because she's from the last <laughs> campaign. Sadie. She will send Sadie up into the air to see if there are other wolves because wolves travel in packs. 
Okay. I would like to not be ambushed. Roll Sadie. Perception. Creedon would like to prepare an action to try to cast Suggestion on it, should it start to look aggressive. Okay. The Suggestion will be, do not harm us. 14 Perception. 14. Sadie gains quite a bit of altitude, and you get the impression that there's two things that you can detect. There's a large camp of centaurs, not too far from here, hidden by the tree line, but still pretty close. Close enough that Sadie can see them without a whole lot of effort and see that they are centaurs. She does not see any more wolves yet. Okay. Out of character, did we receive any news about whether... The sharp edge of the pub resolved the centaur issue. You have not. So we have no idea what the status of, is with that whole situation. Mm-hmm. No, trade routes and newspapers and things tend to go around the thorns the other direction, because North Bank is where people go to get sick and die. Right. It's where they did go, but now they won't. Now it'll be a utopia. <laughs> <laughs> Boulain points off in the direction of the centaurs and says very quietly, there are centaurs that way, and I do not think we know what disposition they will have towards humanoids at this point, so we should avoid them. Sadie does not see other wolves. So this wolf pads up to about 40 feet from you, and makes this strange gesture for a wolf. It makes eye contact with one of you, then looks at the other one for eye contact, then looks at the third. I'll stare right back at it. It turns 90 degrees and heads towards a a bush. And then from behind the bush, you hear this crackling noise. And then you hear a woman's voice say, Oh, it's you, Zerus! How are you? From behind a tree. You recognize the You'll void? have to forgive me, I've forgotten your name, but I remember your help in... What was the town with the Rod of Astra again? Oh, is this Bella? It's not Bella. That voice sounds very different. Oh. Zerus, roll me. She left bear print. She did. Her. Yeah. She did, but that doesn't mean she doesn't change in other shapes. Oh, that's true. Zerus, roll me an intelligence check. Let's see if you can remember the name with this person. I cannot. I've rolled an eight. An eight. Yeah, you don't. It says, oh, you've got me confused with someone else, Cirrus. Not to worry. We only had that one chat in the bar. I'm Serena. Oh, you found your uh, your way with the green man. Yeah, yeah, I did. You were right, by the way. That was what I was missing. Lovely. It's good to run into you. How fair are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. My clothes are off in the woods somewhere, so I'm just going to stand behind this tree for a second, but I could use a hand with a problem. You should tell us more about the problem before we decide if we can help or not. Okay. Sternheim's kind of gone to hell. So there were two murders. The mayor has gone missing. There's been several scuffles between militia members and the centaurs. The centaurs retreated and left the area and waited for the mercenaries from the capital to disappear and then just came back. Anyway, the, the mayor's missing. It's, it's a terrible mess. And unfortunately, one of the people who died was a woman who was trying to help me, an apothecary, locally. Not the elf. Yes, she, she was an elf. Oh. Anyway, she needed some herbs from the centaurs to complete a concoction, and the centaurs are not willing to talk to anyone right now, and I need that concoction real bad. What is it for? 
It cures lycanthropy. Ah. All right. Out of character, does Cretan have a remove curse scroll? Is that one of the things the Archsage gave us? Mm, I have that I have a wizard book with notes. Oh, yeah, three scrolls, remove curse. I do. And lesser restoration and greater restoration. You used greater restoration to heal Zerus of his decade of aging. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I'm going to just delete that one then. I didn't realize we'd done that. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't yeah, remember I mean, it either. I, I don't know, I don't <laughs> I don't know, know that that was on my... We talked about doing it. I don't know if we actually uh, thought we did it, but I, it only makes sense to have done it. I mean, yeah, we've, I would have been fine to use it for that. Zerus, you've never looked better. <laughs> Bulain looks at Creedon and says, do you still have that scroll to remove a curse? Creedon digs through her bag and pulls out a scroll that probably has something from her bag spilled on it, but it still <laughs> works. I'm also going to go ahead and try Insight on her story. Okay. That's a 13. A 13. You get the impression. I'm rolling a dice over here using the power of the internet. You get the impression that she is desperate for this alchemical concoction, and the story checks out. All right. Bulane will call out, Serena, we may have another solution that does not require a concoction. I'm happy to listen. We have a scroll with a remove curse spell on it. We could cast it for you. If Creedon is willing, it is her scroll. Of course. If you would follow me, then... We will need to cast it on another wolf. But you need to give me a head start, because they are not friendly. This is not something you want for yourself. N no, I was I was born this way. This is not a curse. My father, on the other hand, is cursed. I see. I will also roll insight before we start following this person. <laughs> nope, no. That is a seven. They told you you're following them into danger, and you should hang back until they clear the way. Yep, okay. Bulane looks at Zerus and Creedon and says, do we want to go? Yes, I'm, I'm for it. I don't see why not. Okay, well, I'm going to turn into a wolf, and then we are going to take the widest path we can around the centaurs. They are very hostile right now, and you folks just follow me. We do so. Well, I do so. Yep. So you hear another snapping and cracking, and out from behind the bush comes a, a wolf with a reddish hue. And it gives you a, a wolfy nod and turns and trots further north along the path. I follow about mm, probably 50, 50 feet or so behind. Okay. I am going to need a stealth roll from all of you as the wolf then guides you away from the path further north into the underbrush and then through some hills and around. Oh no, that's a nat one. Oh no, I got a 16. But okay. I think the nat one is what matters here. <laughs> I rolled a natural 20. Good news! The natural 20 and the nat one cancel each other out, so on this group check, Bulane was a success, and therefore, more successes than failures. So as you slip around, you end up at Sternheim. Sternheim, just like before, has this wooden ramparts around it in a semicircle facing the thorns. And it has a military nature to the way the city's laid out. It had a large militia made mostly of farmers when you were here last time, and that is still true. They are heavily on guard, however. The wolf at one point ducks into some bushes, and Serena comes out wearing clothing. She is still a early 20s, late teens, buxom gal. Also, I've been pronouncing her name wrong. It's Saritha. And she 
says, uh, right this way, please. And the town guard give you a look over, but you are not centaurs, so they do not care. <laughs> <laughs> two legs apiece, two. She takes you through town, and on the far side of town, she is heading to the graveyard. Hmm. Okay. And she stops at the gates of the cemetery and says, okay, I need you to wait right here. I'll wave when it's safe. Sounds fair. Right. So she walks up through the graves to a set of three mausoleums that face each other in the middle of the cemetery. And you see her pull open a heavy door and step inside of one of them. And I'm going to roll a dice here to see how her conversation goes. And let's see. Yeah, okay. You start to hear some shouting. It's indistinct and muffled because it's in the mausoleum, but you hear two voices and they are yelling at each other. Ghulain will send Sadie to get closer so that she can maybe see in there without having to get too close. Yeah, a roll Sadie a perception check. <laughs> Nine. Great. She flies up next to it and the conversation stops by the time she gets there. Mm. Can she see anything? No, probably not. Not without getting close. Okay. Vulane will call her back. She seemed fairly confident that she had this under control. I mean, she said she would give us a signal. If she is not giving us a signal, then it probably is not safe. Also, just as a heads up, in case we have to do this quickly, remove curse is a little bit past what I typically know. So if I do have to cast it, if you could throw a guidance on me, that would help make sure that we oh, yeah, can, can succeed that. at it. But don't do it yet, because we don't know what's coming. So there is a loud yelp. And then rolling out of this mausoleum are two very large wolves, one with a reddish hue and one with a brownish hue. And they are snapping and biting at each other really viciously. This is a, this is a, re a dog fight. Bulane will go ahead and cast that guidance. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is touch. I'm going to have to get up in there. What's the role to know about werewolves? Knowledge in nature would be appropriate. Nature. All right. I'm going to try to make a quick nature check. I've scored a four, so I'm just going to just going to sit quietly with my thoughts, <laughs> thinking about how is it that werewolves work. A four tells you that during full moons they turn into wolves and. Therefore, these might, must not be werewolves because it's mm -hmm. not a full moon. No, I was thinking the same thing when she strolled up. Yeah. Normally, I wouldn't roll nature for Creedon because she tends to not know things. But for werewolves, she probably read a book thinking that it's cool. So I'm going to go. Fulane is also going to try to see if she understands. I got an 18. Ooh, okay. I, got, I got a 19. I'll muse aloud because I was thinking about it. Can these two even harm each other? So... As you look at it, you get an answer to that question, which is they are they are biting at each other viciously. And it does draw blood, but the wounds don't seem to stay open. They close immediately. And they are absolutely kicking each other, viciously biting, rolling around on the ground. The late says, my understanding of lycanthropy is if both of them are infected with it, they cannot give it to each other again. With an 18 and 19, you both know the same thing about werewolves. You know that there's two kinds of werewolves. There are natural werewolves called wolf wares, which are born werewolves. They're not cursed. They are a werewolf. One of their parents was a werewolf. That is just life for them. And the other way is to get bit by a werewolf. You are therefore cursed and you'll turn into a werewolf and bite other people. It's really bad. So... 
that is what you know. You also know that they will be forced to turn into werewolves in the full moon and that they have a another form. So you've seen them as wolves and humans, but you know that there's a, a mix of the two that is terrifying. And if the fight gets real serious, they will shift into that form. And it is day, right? It's not even night. It is light. broad daylight, yeah. And is it at the full moon right now? No. Zerus, if you can try to help Serena grapple the other wolf, that would make it a lot easier for me to cast this spell. I know it's dangerous, but if we want to fix it. I was thinking hold person wouldn't work on a wolf, would it? Even though they're a person? All right. In wolf form, no. In person form, it would work. Elaine will cast Bane on the brown wolf. That wolf is going to attempt a saving throw. That wolf will succeed at his saving uh, throw. Because right. a spell rolls over this group, you see both wolves release each other. And again, they, their bodies start to turn and shift. You can hear from across the cemetery these cracking noises of bones breaking and popping into place. And they are replaced with two ferocious-looking half-man, half-wolves. They're large, clawed with the heads of wolves and these incredibly muscled, furry bodies. You see that there's bits of clothing on both of them, so clearly they did not take the time to change before transitioning. And one of them is going to, the brown wolf, is going to turn and start running towards you. I could try to hex it to get it to have disadvantage on strength checks. That would be helpful. To do roll initiative or just say what we're doing? You have enough time to say what you're doing before it gets to you, so I'll give everybody one turn. All right. I will try to cast hex okay. on this wolf. It is a... I believe it succeeds automatically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. I was double checking. And I'm going to choose strength checks that it has disadvantage on. Excellent. And I will rush it and attempt a grapple. I am going to cast Sacred Flame on it from our distance. Okay. Give me an athletics roll, Zerus. Sure. I'm going to go ahead and rage. And roll me Sacred Flame damage, Boulain. He needs to make a dex save. He absolutely failed it. Oh, oh ho, ho, ho. <gasps> Oh, wow. Did you roll a one? I rolled two ones because I had advantage. Oh, bummer. Oh, my God. <laughs> the the okay. one in 400 chance. All right. Sacred Flame damage is three radiant damage. Okay. Impressive. I'm not even mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Duras is mad. <laughs> yeah. You and this wolf slam into each other. The wolf's bite is going to snap down on your arms, and he's going to miss terribly and end up rolling over the top of you in a tussle and then popping back up on all fours. And now I need initiative. Get that scroll Don't out. Don't catch lycanthropy. We only have the one scroll. I've already got it in my... Oh, yeah, yeah I have advantage on we, we, we have a line on another cure. <laughs> Natural 20. 19. 7. Oh, serious. You're not having a good die day. <laughs> okay. it's, it's just a bad day all around. No worries. So, 16. Who beat a 17? Me. All right. Go and for it. Blaine. I got a 20. Yeah. Okay. Who's first? Boulain is first. Boulain first, then Creighton. Boulain is going to cast Command. Okay. And she's going to say, stop. The creature smiles at you. He has to make a wisdom save. He makes it. Oh, bummer. Fuck. 
Just roasting my level one spells here. What you got up your sleeve, Creedon? You already cast Guidance on me, correct? Yes, yes I did. Okay. I guess I'm just gonna run up and do it. Okay. Didn't hope that it works. Okay, so I was looking up the spell scrolls, so the DC is going to be a 13. You may need to hold off on that. Just to put it out there, Hex is also a curse. I know, it will break my Hex, oh, but... Oh, it'll, it'll break all of it, okay. Yeah, but, I mean, I kind of have this one it... shot anyway, so no, I'm do, just do it. I, do I it. was worried it would only take the lowest one. Go on. My, my grapple plan seems to have failed. <laughs> hmm. So, I am going to roll my dice and my d4 and hope that I don't totally whiff. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let's see. Five, six, seven, eight, plus four. That's 12. I missed it by one. Oh, no. One too short. Well, I guess we're going to have to fit. Did you, you rolled guidance? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I did. I got so a five. What did <laughs> d20. You, okay. So, good news. Add it all up again and tell me what the total is. The total is 12. Okay. Good news. So, remove curse works automatically if you can touch them. His AC is 12. So, your role was actually to poke him with your fingers? No, it was to use the scroll because it's a third level spell oh. and I can only cast second level Claire, spells. Claire, Claire, he's about to gotcha. give it to you. All right. <laughs> I'm just... You run up next to him, you unfurl the scroll, the and scroll. you flub the first sentence, and you have to start over. I'm sorry. Wait, but the scroll isn't gone? Nope. You're so nice. I am uh... kind and benevolent, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that that's my turn, so I'm just... Cool. I guess I'll it's try It's turn. To... It bites you. Blah. Or it's going to try to. Ooh, yeah. 19 hits. Yeah, it does. You get to make a con save. I mean, do I make a con save? You get to try. That is a 15. Okay, good news. You don't currently have lycanthropy, probably. <laughs> what is your AC, Claire? 13. Okay. And you get bit for three damage. Oh. And its claw is also going to snap at you. Oof. You do not contract lycanthropy from this particular maneuver, but it will miss with an 11. Zerus. Right. Stand myself up. Oh, the hex is not gone. Try Wait, it no, again. It is because that was a con. Hex is concentration. Did I break concentration by failing to cast? You did not break concentration by botching your attempt to cast your non concentration. Oh, but I do need to cure. roll. Keep Spoons. It but... And I got a two. Okay. It's. Now it's gone. There's no hex. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing, Zerus? Well, I will. I will go ahead and attempt to grapple this thing again foolishly. But. Okay. Here we go. A two and a one, so at least it's not two ones. Oh my god. We need to remove curse on our dice. <laughs> that gives my athletics a total score of seven. Good news. He rolled a three, which gives him a total score of five. Excellent. Nice. So it doesn't look like the most professional of fights, but you have him around the waist, and it is flailing at Creighton. You're doing one of these, like, flaily things. <laughs> I will use the rest of my move to pull him out of melee range with a Creedence. Saritha is going to run up and lock her jaws onto Dad's arm and try to hold him. And she'll get a hold of one arm and then grab at the other one with her hands. He is occupied. Boulaine. Cast another Guidance on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she will. She, she will cast another Guidance on Creedon, and then as a bonus action, she'll cast Spiritual Weapon on the wolf. 
Do I have to roll the first time or do... You rolled a hit. It turns into a weapon and it smacks him. 18. That hits. 12 force damage. 12 force damage. Excellent. And Creedon is guidanced. Okay. Creedon, you're up. All right. I'm going to try to touch it and I'll roll to use the scroll again. Okay, this is way better. That's a 15. So I am able to cast it. And then do All I also right. have to roll to now touch Now you gotta them? touch him, because he is trying to avoid you, but he's grappled, so he has disadvantage, or rather, you have advantage. Okay. That is an 18 on the dice, I'm not sure what that I That is no but... problem. Then you <laughs> have no issue touching him. As soon as you touch him, his body suddenly racks. You again hear the cracking of bones, the snapping of joints popping into place, and... He takes a human form, but the skin peels off of him, leaving a wolf fur tuft all over the ground. And a, just a naked man looks to be in his 50s. I let him go and pull out the bedroll from my pack. Boulain is going to check Creedon's bite wound. I give him the bedroll. He wraps it around his waist and says, uh, thank you. Hey, sorry about that trying to eat you thing. <laughs> Graydon just looks a little grumpy at him. <laughs> would, would our high rolls on lycanthropy before have been high enough to know about silver and lycanthropy? Yes, your rolls were enough to know about silver and lycanthropy. All right. Boulain takes out a silver coin and hands it to Creedon and says, here, touch this. I, I just grab at the silver bow on my back. Oh, okay. <laughs> you do not burn. You do not appear to be a lycanthrope at the moment. Oh, good. <laughs> oh so saritha how did how did this happen so saritha will look at you in her like wolfy form and say i need to go grab some clothes <laughs> i'll be right back grab your father some clothes too and she heads into the mausoleum and comes back out a moment later wearing a simple dress and carrying some pants and a shirt which she throws to her father, who quickly puts them on. And she says, so, I, I think father should probably be the one to tell you this story. All right. We're listening. Sure. He turns towards you and says, yeah. He looks at his hands and says, well, you, you cured my claws. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm from inside the thorns. I'm, I'm a citizen of Fenrir in the city proper. Really? Yeah, yeah. I got lost in the thorns one day as a wolf, and then I... I came out here, I guess. I don't remember it real well. It was a full moon. How long ago was that? Oh, gosh, Sharith has got to be 21 now, 21 years ago. So you have been a werewolf. I, I am sorry. I am confused because she said you were not, you were cursed with lycanthropy, but if you were also born. No, no, I, I was bit by a werewolf. Oh. And then I came out here and I, I met my lovely wife who is sadly no longer with us, but Saritha's our daughter, and, uh... All right, so did your lycanthropy just now become a problem? No, no, it's, it's always been a problem. Why have you only just now sought the cure? Well, I had been locking myself in the mausoleum for full moons, but the bloodlust really builds up over time, so Saritha was, uh, feeding me. Feeding you? Yeah. Handsome strangers that go through the tavern? That was the idea. Well, Saritha. <laughs> mm, 
She shrugs and says, wolf's gotta eat. You could not hunt animals? Tried it. And it just doesn't work? (laughs) I only have a little bit more control than dad does, so, you know. It's not that it doesn't work, it's just that it isn't limited to animals. There's still a difference with intentionally luring people in taverns to their death. That's a different... Could understand you accidentally eating somebody in a blood frenzy, but that's a different matter. So who killed the apothecary? Was that you or was that the centaurs? Sarita is neither. The city wants to blame the centaurs, but I can't... I, they've never been in town. I can't smell them anywhere. Somebody in town killed them. We only lure strangers. Killing locals is where we know them. <laughs> All right, that's strike three. A rage and attack. <laughs> okay. We used our scroll for this. <laughs> you tried. I don't Zerus. know what my magic weapon's going to do, but here we go. You attacking Great the werewolf axe. or the man who's not a werewolf? Well, she's not a werewolf at the moment either, but... No, that's true. She's a person. For, for the moment, I'm attacking I'm attacking Saritha, seeing okay. her as the bigger threat. I can hunt the old man now whenever I need. That is going to be a... 21. Super hits. Unarmored woman in a sundress. <laughs> Don't catch like him. I mean, the optics on this are terrible, but... <laughs> <laughs> that is 8 radiant. Okay. And 14... Nope, sorry. Wrong. 7 slashing. Okay, yeah. You hit her. Your axe bites in. The wound does not close. Because your axe is a silvered magic weapon, as you requested from the Arch Sage. Oh, convenient. I need an initiative roll. Lots of nasty, angry things that I don't want to mess with don't like silver. That's a 19. We're doing better now. This is... Now I'm in my element. 15. 16. 19. Zeus, you're first. Just like the last one. We're going we're gonna to hit it with the axe again. This time... It is a 15. 15 will hit. Ooh, that is 4 radiant and 15 slashing. Okay, ow. Creighton. I am going to run up to Zerus behind him so that he's between the werewolf and I, and I am going to cast protection from evil and good on him. Okay. And wait, are they... Actually, I... Can I can I roll knowledge to know if they would count as one of the classes impacted by protection from evil and good? In this setting, they are considered fairy creatures, and so yes, they count as fairy. Okay, so I know that. Okay, then yes, I am doing that. It's my last spell, but I believe I can also cast a cantrip, so I'll, I'll back back up, and I guess Eldritch Blast. Okay, roll it. That is a 21 to hit. That'll definitely hit. Did you do and... both the protection and the Eldritch Blast? Yeah, I can cast a okay. cantrip. No, that, that's fine. At I was the same just... time as a spell. I was just trying to make sure I understood yeah. if the first one. Okay. So they have disadvantage on attack rolls against you, uh, and you can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed by them. Is that two actions? Or is protection from evil a bonus? Oh, wait, action? you're right. You're right. I forgot that Eldritch Blast is not a bonus action. So. All right. Sorry. Sorry, scratch that. I just run back and do nothing else. Times matter. Cause... I know. Shit's going down. I forgot. Bulane, you're up. Sorry, I just thought it was vague if the protection from good and evil happened or not, and that's why I was questioning. I didn't mean to lose you an attack, Claire. (laughs) No, that was actually just me breaking the rules. 
on Excel. <laughs> Blue Line's going to cast Guiding Bolt on Cerisa. Okay. 17. That'll hit. 13 Radiant Damage. Okay. And the next attack on her has advantage. Have advantage. Yes. Yep. The old man, he's not old, he's in his 50s, charges you, Zerus, and slams his shoulder into your chest. Please roll me athletics. Nat 20. So that's <laughs> going to be a 25. Okay, yeah, he slams into you and bounces off. Would you like to take an attack of opportunity? Yes. I suppose I don't have advantage on him. 8 plus 6 is a 14 to hit. Okay. 6 slashing and 5 radiant. Okay, you hit him pretty pretty hard. Saritha turns into a wolf and runs. She's going to make it 80 feet away. She darts into the cemetery and around one of the mausoleums and is heading further out of town. And that is going to bring us to Zerus. Yeah, 80 feet. See, it's going to be hard to keep up with her. I have a 120-foot range spell. Well, I can do Guiding Bolt again. Okay, okay. 80 feet's not bad, actually. She's out of sight now, though, right? She would have at least partial cover to anything you do. You'd be able to move to get to partial cover, though. So she's out of sight right the second, but if you move to your left or your right, you can see her around the mausoleum. Is there a shortcut to get to her that is less... Zigzaggy? Yeah. But yeah. more, but more, you know, brush and stuff. Give me an athletics check. I think with a DC of 15, you can get to her. You're essentially running the long way, which if someone were shooting at your back, you'd be exposed the whole time, but you'll get there. Right. I'm assuming that's over 30 feet. Yes, it's going to be 60 feet. No problem. 19, so 24? Yeah, you have no problem. So whereas she did duck and weaving around headstones and mausoleums, you run round the mausoleum directly, and you are right next to her at the end of your turn. All right, give me just a second. Tactics, your last turn, taking damage. Nope, okay. Rage drops, go ahead. Okay, Creedon. Can I attempt to run to where I can see her? Yes, so if you wanted to move 30 feet, you'd be able to see her. If you wanted to try to run 60, you would need to make an athletics check, but you could be standing next to her. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to run the 30 feet and shoot an Eldritch Blast. Okay. Please give yourself disadvantage. Regular vantage because of the guiding bolt. Yeah. A regular attack, actually. Whatever your first roll was. Oh, okay. That was only a 12. Good news. A 12 is sufficient. She is not wearing armor. She's just a wolf. And that is... 13. Force damage. Oh, damn. You guys are terrifyingly dangerous. Okay. <laughs> this wolf is not looking good. Boulaine. Can I move and also send Sadie up to track her? So if she bolts again, Sadie will be on her. A bonus action can be used to tell Sadie what to do. Okay. All right. Good. So she will move 30 feet and she will cast Guiding Bolt. And that's a disadvantage? Yes. 11 and a 12, so that's a, the 11 is a 16. That hits. 16 radiant damage. Okay, you blast her. And she sends Sadie up to track her if she dashes off again. Sadie flies over and starts circling, and she falls to the ground at Zerus's feet. Oh. Zerus. I chop her on the ground. Okay. I've gotten a 20, not natural. 
doing eight radiant and five slashing. Okay. My attempt is to sever the head. The head comes clean off. Oh, fuck. I was going to stabilize her, but okay. <laughs> With my move, I will take the shortest route possible, making another athletics check, not raging, to get to Dad. Okay. You will be a little over halfway to Dad. Great. Dad stands up from his flustered demeanor and punches Boulaine in the face. That's not very nice. Boulaine does a 17 hit your face. Yes, it does. Take three damage as you are punched in the face. He will then spit on you. Ah, what a jerk. Creedon, your turn. Well, you did just murder his daughter in a group. Yeah. Well, it wasn't Mm. my intention to murder her. I just wanted to put her down <laughs> you, you did and exactly you did <laughs> yeah put not, her down. That, not put her down down i <laughs> just wanted to knock her out oh yeah i have mixed feelings on this whole thing but yeah, in for a penny in for a pound i suppose can i see the dad yeah he's in plain view i'm gonna eldridge blast him all right roll to hit that is a 24 <laughs> You hit his AC of 11. Does it hit this naked man? Yeah. (laughs) I think he got dressed. He is clothed. Well, he takes nine force damage. Okay. He drops at Boulain's feet. All right. Zerus. Wait, do I get a turn? Oh, it is Boulain's turn. Yes. (laughs) All right. Boulain will hold out a hand towards Zerus and say, do not kill him. He has a use. Is that your entire action? No, she she is also going to cast Spare the Dying on on Oh my god. Okay, he is not bleeding to death, presumably. Zerus, it is your turn. I will run up, drop my axe, and quickly bind his hands. Good. You're right. We should take him to the authorities. He is no longer a monster that needs to be put down immediately. Can we prove his misdoings now that he is cured, though? I take a look in the mausoleum. So many human bones, lots of them with gristle on them. Being chewed by a wolf, probably. I'm going to make an argument that he could not control that part of his nature. She, on the other hand, could. But if he came out of Fenrir, he is going to be a useful well of information. We should not kill him. If he knew... Have you ever heard of anyone making it out of the thorns? Ever? He's in your church. All right. But can you carry him? (laughs) Because I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) I roughly... Throw him over my shoulder and fire him and carry him. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly enough that I should roll to see if he's still stable, or you think you just carry him? <laughs> I mean, Boulain will stabilize him again. If <laughs> That's a cantrip. She can do it as many times as she needs to. All right, all right. You head back into town, I guess. Welcome to the mid-roll. Today's D&D tip, choosing a class as a newbie. Choose your class to play. There are two factors that I use to rate different classes when it comes to being a newbie. Those factors are mechanical simplicity and something I call residue. Residue is the idea that no matter what you're doing, something about this thing just sticks in your mind. It's there the next day when you're not playing D&D. It's a deeply personal attribute, but it represents ideas that just excite you. There's a reason to be excited about every D&D class, but over two decades of introducing people to the game, the most exciting, residue-inspiring classes are often Circle of the Moon Druids, who doesn't love turning into animals, 
Beastmaster Rangers, the cool loner and their pet dog. The Bard. You're worldly. You're talented. You're smart. You're pretty. I mean, who doesn't want to play that? Something about these three classes seems to get new players super excited, ready to fall in love with D&D, and let's remember, that is the goal. However, these three options are also the least mechanically simple. Anytime you add an animal to the game, there's a whole new stat block, a monster manual of possibilities. When it comes to making choices, the bard can do anything, so you pretty much have to learn the whole game right away. Mechanically, simple concepts that don't leave players struggling to learn the rules or making complex decisions with characters that they may not understand, it's also an attractive way to get started with D&D. For the dungeon master and experienced players, but we're talking about newbies here. The champion fighter, the berserker barbarian, the eldritch blast specialized warlock. These are simple classes, but it's pretty rare that I find someone who gets really excited about these classes first. In other words, on average, the simple mechanical concepts, they lack residue. If I have one complaint about D&D, it's that cool concepts tend to have more game mechanics. Every class has something to appreciate, and as you learn more about the role-playing, you'll discover you can create residue with story for any class, and you replace mechanical simplicity as an idea with mechanical reward. And then you shift towards which concept you love more, high residue or high mechanical reward. You, you get to pick a playstyle. But in this mid-roll, this is about what class to choose. So here comes my backflips, ladies and gentlemen. Some of you are not going to love this. I want new players to love D&D more than I want them to understand the rules. I want them to play whatever class has the most residue for them, and so that means that I will change the rules of the game to allow a new player's excitement to flourish without getting caught up in mechanics. You find a cool spell, but you don't have room to memorize it on your list? You know what? Memorize extra spells today! Who cares? You want to turn into a bird and fly at low levels of druid? You know what? You're a sparrow now. Fly wherever you want. Sometimes I get lucky and the new player's high residue class is also a low mechanical complexity class, but that is rare. Don't follow the rules that don't serve the needs of your table. Play what is most fun when you're new. And fun is what is in your mind. You can get proficient at mechanics later. You can learn exactly all the terrifying, complex limitations of the druid class another time. When you're first getting started, I want you to love this thing that I love. Alright, let's get back to the game. We should take him to the what's the word? Garrison? Yeah, the barracks. Or the barracks. We should find the commanding officer and turn him. He should be a military prisoner to be handed over to the authorities in Astragar. Agreed. Is Saritha's corpse a wolf or a human? It stays in a wolf form. Okay, well that's gonna be still very hard to prove them because there's a wolf dead next to the mausoleum with a bunch of chewed up bones. We are going to need to think of how we are going to prove guilt here unless he is forthcoming. I have a feeling that the town knew about this. Yeah. When she tried to lure Zurus away the first time we were here, the Elvish Apothecary went out to try to intervene. Oh, yes. She knew something was going to happen, and I think everyone in this town probably knew about it. 
So maybe the barracks is not a good idea. <laughs> I take him to the mausoleum. I throw him in. Not enough to hurt him. Put the corpse of the wolf in there, too. Okay. And I close the door and make sure a normal human can't open it. When you close it, it has a latch. They have been actively locking people on the inside of this place for 20 years. Easy enough. We can figure out what to do with him. Well, he sits there in the bed of his mistakes. Ooh. Onward and upward? Well, that's a thing we did. Well, that's a thing we did. That was... <laughs> Man, you try to do a good thing. <laughs> well, the question is, do we go to the military authority in Sternheim, knowing that they probably knew about this, or do we leave him there, go to Tuscan? I could use a pint, and I feel like there are some centaurs that sounded like they were getting unruly, too. True. I do agree with the pint before dealing with that. I could use a short rest. I could probably stand to calm down a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before you try to make decisions. All right, to the bar. Okay, you arrive at the bar. You've been here before. It looks much how you left it. There's a couple soldiers in the corner. That's about it right now. I'm just going to get a pint and sit and try and relax. Take a, take a short rest, listen to the ambiance. See if there's any rumor mill going on around, but nothing active. Okay, go ahead and roll me a persuasion roll to see if people find you calm enough to chat with. <laughs> My natural 20 says yes. Oh. I put the past behind me. Horrifying. <laughs> Some soldiers ah. will wander over to chat with you. Just a Tuesday. <laughs> Welcome. They sit down and start, uh, hey, you look like a fighting type. You appear to still have blood on you. Uh, <laughs> you. You can stay in town for a little while. We could really use another fighting man. The centaurs are a real problem. I like a good fight. Tell me more about this centaur problem. And uh, I don't want Creedence, whatever she wanted to do, to get overshadowed either. But yeah, I, I love a good fight. Yeah, well, so the centaurs, they were here for a couple days. They were uh, threatening the town. There was a scuffle. A couple farmers died. And Mayor Val... He sent word to Tuscan for help, and yes, yeah, some, some mercenaries came through. Sharp edge of the pub, they worked with Val, they did whatever he said, and then they left. Centaurs left, they left, and we thought everything was going to be good, but then like two people in town got killed the next night, the mayor disappeared, the centaurs came back another two days later, and they were they had more spears and bows, and they've been camped out, basically out there, and... We think that, you know, they're going to be a real problem. If you get near them, they shoot at us. Do you know their number? Yeah, there's about 12 fighting centaurs and about 20 foals and laden mares. You said, do you know their number? And I thought of phones. <laughs> Got those digits? <laughs> call them up straight and this right out. And reason this out. <laughs> <laughs> How often do they send a group to, to Sternheim? Well, so far they haven't sent a group to Sternheim, but they made their intentions pretty clear. We basically can't travel west of town. They have patrols then? Yeah. Yeah, usually groups of three. Great. You said that Sharp Edge of the pub had passed through. Remind me what they did to address the centaur issue? They worked with the mayor. I don't, I don't know what they did, but the centaurs left after whatever they did, they did. And were there three members... Yeah, 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 like uh, Max and some lady who's a real jerk and <laughs> some quiet guy. 
Yeah, that sounds right. Nate, what time of day is it? Late afternoon. Late afternoon. All right. What what exactly is the cause of conflict here between the centaurs and and your town? I don't know. I don't know. They they normally come by here, but this time they came by here and there was some sort of fight with the farmers and So you normally coexist peacefully. Yeah. Yeah, though they they trade here every every year once a year. They're nomadic. They spend the rest of the year slowly looping around the the thorns down into the swamp and back up. Well, it sounds like we should definitely try to find out what they're angry about. Well, it sounds like there might be some outside influence causing aggression if they are normally peaceful, and this seems to have been unprovoked, as far as we know. I mean, I, I can't imagine farmers picking fights with armed centaur warriors. It seems stupid. <laughs> Has anyone tried to parlay with the centaurs? Well, we've been attacked several times when we try to travel west, so does that count? Has anyone unarmed gone to try to talk to them? Uh, no. No, no, absolutely not. I think it is possible if something is affecting them and making them aggressive, they would automatically perceive somebody armed with weapons and armored as a threat and make assumptions. I mean, if, if you're volunteering to go out there unarmed and unarmored, sure. I don't think anybody in this town's going to do that, though. That was actually my thought as well. Yeah. Not all weapons are material. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, suggestions are welcome, but the mayor and the paladin Val, head of the militia, is missing. So we're leaderless until Tuscan sends somebody down. And in the meantime, we're just sitting here trying to not die. I do think that we should investigate. Agreed. I agree. I think maybe tomorrow morning, with some change of clothing, a walk west is appropriate. I agree. So, should I put the word out that you guys are going to deal with this, or...? You should put the word out that others shouldn't at the moment. Okay. Okay. I'll tell everybody to kind of... Do nothing that is not in pure defense of the city. Okay. Town, village, whatever this is. <laughs> Sternheim. <laughs> it's special. Dulane says, is there an aviary where I could send a pigeon? Uh, no, not, I mean, not really. This close to the thorns, the raptor predators are pretty dangerous. I would recommend sending a human. Does the barracks have a healer who's quite competent? No. Our church official was Paladin Val. I can heal him. Although I'll We'll have to go inside the mausoleum to do it, and he probably does not like us very much. Wait, was that Paladin Val? No. Are you talking about healing the were the werewolf, Dad? No. Oh, sorry. Remind no, me. I'm looking for someone who can cast message. That guy can rot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have message. Human it is. It costs you three copper pieces. Three copper pieces to send a runner? Okay, she's going to write and seal a letter to Tanglebeard. Is there military presence in Tuscan at all? Not nearly as significant as the one you're sitting in. No, no. I know, but we're talking about turning this werewolf dad over to as oh. a military prisoner. But And she doesn't trust the military in Sternheim because she thinks they knew about this. So mm -hmm. she wants to escort. There are 12 quote-unquote paladins in Tuscan. At least one of them is able to channel divine energy and is an officer. Okay. She will write to Tanglebeard and say, please send a squad of paladins to Sternheim. We have a sensitive situation regarding a 
prisoner who needs to make it to Astragar. Okay. While we are discussing what to say to Tanglebeard, we should also report success on the Rod of Astra, on the Highlock dispute, as well as some of the involvement of North Bank. Mm-hmm. She can include that. And the situation we're dealing with here, the issue with the Centaurs has resurged. We are going to handle it before heading there in person. Okay. She will include all that and let you give it a look over. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to, when we hire a messenger, give him a full gold or give the person a full gold and say, just go straight to Tanglebeard with no other stops or delays. And I trust this will cover your expenses when you get there. It will be done, sir. Thank you. And this page grabs that letter and darts out because a gold is great. She did seal the letter, so... That's fine. If he reads it, then, you know, it'll be obvious. Yeah. All right, so are we getting rooms for the night? I could use a rest before any further altercations, really. Oh, I thought that we were short resting. All right. We can do a full one. I was getting ready to use my hit dice. Spend two gold and you can have three rooms for the night at the local inn. Great. Two gold. So steep. I got it. I'll take care of everybody. You're treating us? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks. (laughs) We did back him up in his sudden Sudden decision. Violent rage. Yeah. No, you're my friends. Aww. (laughs) What does that say about you? (laughs) (laughs) Boulain will ask the soldiers, since we're staying for the evening, she will say, "Um, what do you know about the murder of the apothecary? Oh, Yeah. Found them out in the streets, stabbed, middle of the night. There were two murders, correct? But was one of them just the mayor being missing? There were two murders. The local smith, uh, an old retired gnome, also was killed in his house, stabbed. Was this recent? Are their bodies still above ground? I mean, it was... Hold on, I'm doing the math. <laughs> Seven days ago, so they're buried now, but... I would like to look at the bodies. I'd like to look at the blacksmith shop. Because he was murdered in the shop? Yeah. Yeah, he was murdered in the shop. Both with a stab wound. Yep. I assume no weapon was left? No, no All weapon right. was left. Sorry, what was that, Billing? Can I hire two strapping people to dig up these bodies? Yeah, they'll bring you a bunch of exhuming paperwork to sign, but it's a very boring process. But yeah, they'll dig them up. She will sign the paperwork with her full authority as a silent judge priest. I also want to insight the story. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Fifteen. So the people you're talking to don't seem to have insider information. They did not find this person. You can tell they're repeating a story they have been told. Got it. Who would have examined the bodies to begin with? Well, normally that would have been uh, Mayor Val. Who is missing. Who is missing. All right. Yes, I will pay a gold apiece to, to strapping people to dig up these bodies tonight. Great. They go do it. Where do we take them? To the apothecary shop? <laughs> I guess. We will take them somewhere where she can have... Well, she can see in the dark. She's going to examine these bodies. Okay. So they're going to spend probably a good seven or eight hours digging them both up and taking the apothecary. She'll sleep in the meantime. Call it a night? Yep. I do want to, if tomorrow we're going to be trying to deal with the centaurs, take a look at the blacksmith shop real quick. Okay. So you can head over to the blacksmith shop. It's not too hard to find. It was a central part of town. I want to go with. No one is in it or around it. So... It's fair game, free game. First, before we go in, circling around, looking for anything interesting or 
strange on the outside, particularly on the ground. Go ahead and roll me investigate. That's a nine. Okay. If no one is helping me. I'll help you. I also want to give it a shot. Although I'm not great at it. Well, 18. So, Zerus, you give it a loop around. It looks like it's been seven days and it's rained. Creedon, no sign of any horse hooves anywhere. You do see that one of the windows has been forced open. There's a bunch of damage to the wood. Okay. And it's it's been a week, so it's unlikely that there's any tracks outside the window or anything. I'm guessing. I'll check. None, none that can make any sense. So inside is a slightly different story. Everything is immaculately clean and untouched, except for the pool of blood on the floor. The bed is still made. The smithing materials that are in half of the house are all positioned still on their hooks. It looks like no one has taken anything from here or really cleaned up anything. I don't typically know blacksmiths to be, but to keep such a clean house. Is there anything lying around like a journal or a diary or anything, any written? Nope. Roll me investigate though, everybody. All right. I will help you. you you'll help me? Okay. Uh, maybe. Am I, I got a 15 on my own. You might be better at investigating. I got an 11. She's 15. still better at investigating. 15's <laughs> the high. <laughs> you look around the house. It It is weirdly clean, and then you realize it's actually weirdly unused. This guy apparently did not get a lot of business. Most of his shop appears to be for show. I mean, everything has been used before. It's used tools and stuff, but not recently, not in months. That is a bit strange for a town that has a strong military presence. You would think he would have his work cut out for him. Creedon, with a 15, there is something missing from the wall. It looks like it was a circle in shape, and it hung from a nail, and it's gone. Diameter? About the size of a large shield, a large wooden shield. Hmm. Is there a coin box? Yes, there is some sort of money storage location. I open it and look at the take. Yeah, there's about 12 gold in there. I take the take. Mostly in silver, but yeah, you got it. And next, I want to look at food stores. Yeah, there's food in here. It's all at least seven days old, so some of it is starting to be real foul. All right, so the cookware especially, does it look in the same condition as the blacksmith's tools, or is it more used? No, it appears to be regularly used. In my dream, where I saw Chastity and Dread, did they have a shield? A round shield? No, they did not. I'm very suspicious of them. They're too incompetent. There were only two of them. It was just Chastity and Max in the dream, right? It's true. Apparently they had sent... Dread Zero was not there. Okay. Oh yeah, it was Chastity and Max. They had sent Dread away. Just something stinks with them. They were all. They also talked to the mayor, who's now missing. Something stinks about this entire town, which seems to be what happens with every town we go to. <laughs> well, at this point, my only thought is to axe the floor, so... Is there a ledger? Did we look for that already? You didn't look for that, but you can find a ledger. Yeah, he kept notes. It looks like he mostly repaired horseshoes, hmm. bucket handles, really basic things. What's the last entry? Probably three months ago. Ah. Do centaurs wear horseshoes? No, not usually. And there's no arcane paraphernalia? No, none at all. Well, looking for something under the floorboards is 
certainly not been outlandish for us before. Then we start looking around for loose floorboards. So roll me investigate. Nine. Much better. Nineteen. You do find some floorboards that are looser than others. They don't look like they're pried up regularly or anything. Last thing I want to do, I think, is I want to give a fairly thorough search for other any religious iconography. You find a small statuette on the mantle that is dedicated to Divine Hammer, the god of crafting, goddess Great. of crafting. I will leave it where it is, then. Perhaps we should look at the apothecary's shop. I think that would be a good idea. I am having them bring the bodies there, but we can go look at it before they are done. It's probably not a bad idea to look at it before it's disturbed, although it's probably already been disturbed. In contrast, the apothecary shop is really well used. It looks like it was a thriving business. You dig around inside. It is filled with herbs. It looks like people have been coming and going, taking things out of it since the person passed, but there is... A small setup of partially mixed herbs and a mortar and pestle that's got something crushed up in it. Looks like there was a project half done here. That's still present. Can I figure out what was being worked on? Yeah, roll me. Herbalism is a tool. So if you don't have an herbalism kit or proficiency with it, you're going to roll just your intelligence modifier. Okay. Can't do medicine. It's not a medicine. Ten. I will help. You'll help. And I will specifically sniffing for wolfsbane. Mm. That might be what they couldn't get. Still just a 10. Yeah, no wolfsbane. It looks like it's missing an ingredient, Boulain, but you don't know what it's meant to do. Mm. I wonder if wolfsbane is what they wanted from the centaur. Kind of a non-issue now. Indeed it is. Do we find any ledgers, diaries, journals, notes about what she was working on? (laughs) You don't find any notes for what she was working on. You don't find any diaries or journals. You also don't find any ledgers. It looks like this person... Just didn't do much bookkeeping. Any available potions? Everything that looks like it would have been of value has seems to have been removed by someone in the community. Hmm. All right. I assume the cash box is also gone then? The cash box is also gone. And apparently removed. Yes. As in not it wasn't there, it, it has, okay. No, I mean, you can find a spot where it probably would have been and is definitely gone now. Go ahead and give me an investigate roll, Zeris. That, that's 18. There was some sort of long, skinny case under the bed that is currently now an empty box, but it looks like a sword box, like it used to hold a sword. Hmm. So there's some shield and sword of importance. Certainly seems that way. Again, I'm going to look for any signs of religion. None in here. Suspicious lack of them, actually. Hmm. Well, they were, um, they were an elf. I'm going to look for anything that looks like a non-standard symbol of religion. Yeah, you don't have to look very far, because I think you're the kind of person who maybe spots heresies. (laughs) (laughs) This person you suspect pretty quickly was worshipping the the fey gods of eternal cycle and eternal knowledge, which is over the line Mm -hmm. and a heresy. But there are no human side gods anywhere, no iconography for any of them in here. And there are some hints of essentially fey iconography. I will, I mean, depending on what form they take, I will destroy or disrupt them. If there's anything larger than a fist, I'll put it in my pack for later. Yeah, it's mostly just coins with bizarre iconography on them. I'll collect them all and put them in a special pouch. Okay. Your pouch of sin. (laughs) My little uh, 
Shoebox of Secrets. <laughs> I think that we need to figure out what the sword and shield were. Agreed. Who should we ask? There are items of interest someone should know. I'm wondering if they belonged to the centaurs or something? Well, we have not seen or heard any evidence that the centaurs did either one of these murders. No, but there there may be a connection with the unrest. Mm. I do not think that it was committed by the centaurs. They would have had to come into the middle of the town, mm -hmm. stab the apothecary. Somebody probably would have noticed that. I, I don't think it was them. I agree on that. Can we go look at the mayor's house? I was going to say, can, can, yeah, can we go examine this Val's quarters? Yeah, so the mayor's house is the nicest house in town. It's made of stone, unlike most of the other places. It's not very big. Sternheim has not been a profitable town in a long time, but you can find his house. He's got, you know, a bedroom, a living room slash study, an outhouse, and some sort of leisure room that's got like a desk and lots of writing. I will look through the writing. So you dig through it. Val was a busy man. He handled all church business. He obviously handled all militia business. And he handled most of the acts of law enforcement and stood in as a local priest of death, although he was not one. Go ahead and roll me an investigate as you dig through these papers. Thirteen. Thirteen. You do find some personal notes tucked in there. He was keeping close eye on the blacksmith. Poot Carbuncle. Poot Carbuncle? Yep. Why was he keeping close watch on him? I mean, you can't tell, really. There are notes on how Poot's business is doing, his comings and goings. It's just Poot, P-O-O-T? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. I spell it P-U-T-E. Poot Carbuncle. Can I tell what kind of name that is? It's Gnomish. It's gnomish. gnomish. Yeah. Okay. Classic Gnomish name. <laughs> okay. Now, gnomes are small in stature. They are, yes. Was the blacksmith shop for a small person? It was. Okay. So it wasn't that out of character no. with this person? Okay. Is there anything else of note in the writings? Not that you're able to find. You rolled a 13, okay. so that's what you got. Are there books about or anything? There are quite a few books. They're almost all religious texts. Uh, anything on local town stuff? You do find a collection of town records, yes. Basic mayoral duties, though. Births, deaths transfers of property. I scan the bookshelf for anything heretical. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing here. heretical. Give me a investigate roll. You wouldn't keep that out on your bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's an 11. An 11, yeah. Nope. Nothing out of the ordinary here. I torch it just to be safe. <laughs> no. Terrorist <laughs> <laughs> God. No, no. Put that torch down. Take your flint box away from you. <laughs> 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 I will flip through that town record and just see any information that I can see on Poot and, I guess, Val himself. Yeah. Maybe the centaurs, too, because there might be a record of trade with them yeah. or relationships. Do we have a name for the apothecary? Did we ever get that? Autumn Vale. Should I roll investigation? Yes, roll me investigation. Let's see. I'll give you the basics no matter what you roll. and then That is a 12. A 12. Okay. So you, you get the basics. So you know that Poot Carbuncle has been in town his whole life. It was like 300 years. So there's evidence of him through these town records basically inheriting this blacksmith shop. But that's it. Looks like he owned the blacksmith shop for about 150 years. And that's, that's what you get basics on him. Autumn Vale, on the other hand, purchased the apothecary building probably nine months ago. 
and seems to have that seems to be the only reference to them. I think I remember them in our conversation before saying they were passing through more or less. Mm-hmm. But this was a while ago, but I think I'm remembering that. And what about the mayor himself? Very little information on him. Your role was a 12. Yeah. So you know that the mayor assumed this position about five years ago. He moved from the Genosh, and he quickly set up a more formal militia. So there are lots of records from that time five years ago of him building a formal militia. There are some like payroll numbers that make it look like for the last four weeks or so, he's been basically paying almost triple the normal payroll out. To the militia? Yeah. Is that roughly when this entire issue began, as far as we know? It is. Yep. Makes sense. This book's boring. <laughs> yep. So give me an investigate on the general house. Like right. I say, is there a shield and a sword anywhere? <laughs> Ooh. Maybe a helmet. 19. Five. 15. With a 15 and 19, there is an item missing, though. So there's an armor stand and a weapons rack, and the armor and weapon are gone. And the weapon appears to have been a very long, like a glaive or a halberd. And at this point, my standard question, items of worship. You do find some sun symbology carved on various surfaces, but it looks like if there was a holy symbol here, it is taken with him. Right, right, because these are what he would have taken with him if he were out. So, fresh start in the morning? Yes, I think so. Although Boulaine will get up after four hours and look at the bodies that they dug up for her. Okay, well, I also have things to do in the middle of the night. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm going to get my beauty (laughs) suit. And that is our show today. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson of My Pet Machine for our tunes, Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. And with that, will our heroes meet the centaurs without getting skewered? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey.